All right, everybody. This is Here Comes the Spider Cast, number 15, covering Spider-Man in September 1981. This is your co-host, Mike Gal, and as always, I'm joined by... Joshua Mervell. And today, we are going to be talking about Spider-Man comics from uh, September of 1981. That's right. And this month, um, we've got a slight change of pace because... Um, we have a, uh, a different creative team on Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, man, is it welcomed. <laughs> yes, it is. My God. I do have mixed feelings about it, but it was so nice to see the contrast, right? Oh, my God. It's so good. Uh, it, it might be the best Amazing Spider-Man we've read so far. Yeah, it, I think it's, might be right. It's up there for me, at least. We should point out this issue co-stars Moon Knight. Right. Um... And also, if you'll pardon me, I have a lozenge in my mouth. That's why I sound like I, <laughs> my mouth is frozen by the dentist. But anyway. Uh, it is the season. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's got a cold now. So, so Michael, Fle really quick, Michael Fleischer is famous for, he, he's a fairly well-known writer back in the 70s, but he's most famous for writing a series of um, Spectre stories oh, okay. in which, yeah, now he gets the credit for a lot of the craziness, but apparently they were co-plotted with someone else. So it was the other guy that thought a lot of the stuff. But those stories are famous for how grotesque the methods the Spectre used to murder his victims. Right. Okay, and you you know about this, like yeah. turning the guy to paper, and then and then him being scissors and cutting the paper, and then turning the guy to wax and melting the wax. And the, so anyway, there's a lot of that stuff. So. This guy definitely has a dark streak, which is welcome. Mm -hmm. so Especially this, this for Moon Knight, too. Exactly. I feel like he's kind of one of the more twisted Marvel characters. Right. Even the fact that you're looking at this cover and it's a coffin for the amazing Spider-Man. Right. You know, this is a far cry from what we've been seeing in Spider-Man lately, right? Yeah, for sure. So it, it kind of opens up like a, um, like a Moon Knight solo story where Moon Knight is... Um, you know, it's kind of like almost like a Batman thing where he's he's witnessing these criminals uh, bringing in a shipment of something. And then he intervenes, but then we find out that he's actually stealing it for himself, which is kind of like a twist. Right. right? And so we don't know what's going on. And so the security guards are kind of complaining, wait a minute, I thought I thought he was on our side. And, the one, and then the one guy's like, <laughs> well, then the one guy's like, I thought he was helping us, but he's taking the bullion himself. Hey, what the heck do you think he's doing? does he think he's doing and the other guy says he thinks he's making himself richer by two million buckaroos that's what he thinks he's doing so anyway it kind of goes from there right and then um we find out that moon knight is working with um <laughs> uh i guess these mobs one's called the midnight mob in chicago the rat pack in detroit and then moon knight by himself in new york <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh i think it's a little goofy that they have this like chalkboard or the leaderboard Right, uh, right. But I think it works. Like, I don't know. It's kind of uh, charming a little bit. Right. I think that I the mean, uh, the art by Bob McCloud really helps. Uh, holy, yes. It's so good. Like, honestly, digital page six, that shot of Spider-Man swinging over the city. Oh, my God. It, it is excellent. It's, it's my favorite panel in probably all of the issues we've read this week. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> yes. It, like, the... The background looks like it's a 3D render. Exactly. Like it's so exactly. well done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, you know, and, and the thing is, he has a, I actually, he's a friend on Facebook. He doesn't know who I am, but I follow him on Facebook. And I once commented on one of his pictures that his art 
has this weird quality where when you first glance at it, it almost looks photorealistic. Yeah. And then you kind of look at it and you go, oh, okay, well, it's obviously a cartoon. But there's a, it's like he captures something. I'm not sure if it's the texture or how fluid everything is, but it just looks so realistic without being stiff, though. Right. You know? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's very well done. If you're a fan of his art, he also did a, a run on New Mutants. Yes. I think he started the New Mutants with <clears throat> I think Claremont. so. Pardon me. And then he did uh, a Superman run in the late 80s. So... Yeah, he's a great artist. Anyway, so yeah, so uh, I don't know. So then basically Spider-Man sort of intervenes in this story. And we get a little bit of Spider-Man and J. Jonah Jameson. I did notice that J. Jonah Jameson was acting slightly out of character than what we're used to. What did you think? Yeah. Uh, Not drastically, but no, just noticeably I get, different. Right. I guess he, he was a little bit more soft in this one, I guess. Mm. He, he wasn't as, like, uh, aggressive. Yeah. But I think I noticed it more so maybe in uh, the annual that we're going to talk about later on. Oh, boy. Oh, but... <laughs> boy. Yep. Okay. But uh, yeah, yeah, okay. I, I guess so. I, I guess I see what you're saying, though. Yeah, just a little bit. I mean, obviously, it's a different writer, so he's going right. to be slightly different. But um, so then we, we um, <laughs> so then we um, cut back to Moon Knight. And I don't, honestly don't know much about Moon Knight. I've read the newer stuff from 2012 right. on. And this early stuff, I don't know anything about him. I know that he's got like three different secret identities. So here, this is his... Which identity is this? Is this Stephen Grant or Mark Spector? Which one's the millionaire? Uh, This is Stephen Grant, I think. Okay. Yes, Stephen Grant's yeah. master bedroom. So he hooks up with this beautiful blonde and there's some partial nudity here. If you want to see uh, Stephen Grant's, the side of his leg or his upper kind of mid mid riff you can see it here <laughs> um but yeah so basically we get it's like again it's like a little bit of batman ish and then um we cut back to um him encountering these bad guys again and then stealing something and then running into spider-man and again we're like hey what's going on here why is moon knight a bad guy right right but then we find out a little twist you want to tell them what the twist is yeah so i guess moon knight's been uh going undercover and has been working mm. for the mob uh, as a front to turn them over to the police. So he's been stealing a bunch of stuff to get in with them to finally bust them. Uh, so when he steals this last artifact, uh, he pretty much makes it in, but he has one last test to do. And the uh, the this head mob boss says uh, he has to go kill Spider-Man. Right. So they do this really cool setup where the the uh, his like butler like his his uh frenchy yeah frenchy his like alfred pretty much right right uh right. he's dressed up as spider-man and it's kind of disguised to make one of the goons think that that's spider-man and then mm -hmm. or sorry he's dressed up no, as he's moon dressed knight. up as moon knight, he's dressed yeah, up as yeah. moon knight to think that uh moon knight's there talking to spider-man and then they uh, Moon Knight shows up behind the goon and captures him and then they knock him out and put him in the Spider-Man costume. And that's who Moon Knight brings to the mob. Right. So when they unmask him, it's kind of revealed that, oh, no, that's not really Spider-Man. And then Spider-Man jumps out and uh, helps Moon Knight uh, beat these guys up and uh, turn them over to the police. Which 
at this point, I don't know what they really accomplished by tricking the mobsters for like two, two se- seconds yeah. <laughs> before they started just punching them all anyway. They might as well just punch them. But yeah. it did make it did make for a good cover, right? Yeah, it was pretty fun too. Like I, I don't think mm-hmm. it added anything to the story, but I also thought it was kind of like it's a fun little like gag that they did. Not really a gag, it's- but like a gimmick, I guess. Yeah, it's a gimmick because you you kind of start out with the cover idea and then you write a story right. around it almost, right? Mm-hmm. Because once they use that uh, gimmick, then there's what? There's a page left, right? <laughs> right. Beat up everybody, wrap it up, and then they're out. And that's pretty much the end, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, they capture these guys. They have kind of a little chat. Spider-Man runs off and Moon Knight jumps into his helicopter spaceship looking thing and flies off. And the funny thing is, is because this was a different creative team and because it was a team up with Moon Knight, it could have easily just as as easily been an issue of Marvel team up. Yeah. Yeah, really. So I don't know. Maybe uh, Denny O'Neill was behind that month. But anyway, it was a nice change of pace from what we've seen from him. So uh, do you recommend this comic? Yeah, I definitely do. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was definitely a different perspective than what we're used to, like we said. Mm-hmm. I should also point out the cover is not by Bob McCloud. It's by Bob Layton, who's famous for his Iron Man run. Okay. So, yeah, but I definitely prefer the interior art. Like, I think Bob McCloud is a really good, like, classic artist. Yeah, you know? he's very, very good. Uh, so I, I would definitely recommend this based off the story and the art. Good point. All right, so that brings us to our next issue. Let's do the... Um, Oh boy, I don't know what I don't know if we should do. I was gonna say leave the best for last, but either out of these two Marvel team ups, both of them are terrible. So right. let's just do the the Dazzler story. Um, okay, it's funny because originally I had invited uh, Bex Luther to come back on the show, right? Because I know she loves Dazzler, but she wasn't able to do it. But I, I'm kind of glad she did because this is possibly worse than the the dazzler <laughs> comics that we reviewed with Daz- with uh, Be- becca on um, right. our quasar chronology and it's also weirder than the w- issue we did with man killer right yeah it's so strange uh, and and honestly it's probably a good thing too because i feel like we we only have becca on when it's bad things yeah so, so hopefully next time we invite her on we'll we'll pick some good comics for her to read <laughs> there you go that's our goal for the yeah. new year yeah, so this is yeah. written by David Anthony Kraft, who we know from, I believe he did some of the Hulk or Captain Americas okay. from Quasar Quinology. Yeah, so we've come across him before. And then the art is by our old pal, Herb, Herb Trimpey. Trimpey. Um, again, we'll talk about the art more in detail later, but this is a weird story. It picks up from last issue. And basically, Spidey is getting his butt kicked by, uh, what's this guy's name again? Thermo. Thermo, right. And, um, and then Dazzler comes in and kind of saves him. And then I, at first I thought, oh, I guess Thir- Thermo's out of the picture and that's done. But then right. Paladin comes in and kind of helps Spidey out. And then Spidey is brought back to Dazzler's apartment. And it's kind of cool because it kind of just shows that she's like a regular person. So I did right. like that part, you know? Yeah, pa- yeah. it's it's cool to kind of see her, uh, her kind of perspective on things. and right. And, and it's funny because I grew up with Dazzler in the X-Men already. So right. I don't know much about this time period before she was... Yeah, I I actually don't know a whole lot about Dazzler. I, I think the, the sure. only thing I really know about her is that she... I, like, I know her as a mutant, but she wasn't really a superhero. She was just, like, a singer. 
and an artist. Right. I, I don't. Right. Was she ever like an actual like superhero that went out and kind of fought crime and stuff like that? Well, I no. As far as I know, to my limited not to my limited knowledge, not really. Okay. But um, she always kind of found her way into trouble, which I thought was cool. Yeah, you know? I really like that. I, I think that that's really interesting to kind of have this character with superpowers that isn't really interested in being a superhero. Exactly. So they're using it in a different way and they always end up kind of getting tied in with this and uh, seeing into her like day-to-day life was really uh, interesting and kind of cool to see. I think maybe it, it overstayed its welcome a little bit. It was a little too much because uh, not a lot happened in this issue. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but it was cool to kind of, you know, see a little sneak peek into that. Yeah, like, I mean, it w- it's almost like it would have made a good premise for a TV show. Someone yeah. just happens to be a singer, but she also has these mutant powers, you know? Yeah. It would have been really cool. So, yeah, basically, oh, my God, this story. I don't know. It's not it, spectacular. No. Um, no, it's a Marvel team-up. <laughs> uh, no yeah there, there's not a lot that happens really uh they bring spider-man back to dazzler's apartment and they kind of heal him up a little bit dazzler mm. uses her powers to calm him down uh and then they have this machine that they put onto uh thermo's head and they defeat him at the end. Like there's, I don't know. There, there isn't a yeah. whole lot. Thermo go, Thermo goes and <laughs> convinces a satanic cult to follow him. Yeah, ridiculous. I mean, ridiculous. But you know, before we even get to that, um, I have to point out this. This is the. This is a horrible scene. There's the scene where Dazzler comes into the room, or, or no, they're in the room together, and Dazzler's in like a house coat. Right. And then she looks over. And she thinks she see what it, what it is is she thinks she sees a spider. Um, eek! Huh? What's wrong? Look, it's horrible, uh, Daz. That's just one of my spider tracers. Ha ha ha! The dazzler who stopped Thermo without even messing her makeup, afraid of insects, fake insects at that. Okay, so number one, oh dazzler. I I just don't imagine her being afraid of spiders. Maybe she is fine, but it's like it's more of just a cliche with women, right? Right. That's, that's why they're doing this. Second. You're going to tell me that Peter Parker thinks that spiders are insects? <laughs> this guy has been a, he's been Spider-Man for 20 years and he's a freaking science a science major, you know what I mean? Like come on. I didn't even think about that. Exactly. A 6-year-old knows that. Like I don't know, that's just terrible writing. That's funny. Anyway. Yeah. So anyway. I'm it's very weird. I mean if he, you want to talk about terrible writing too? Uh, it, well, when yeah. when Thermo goes and talks to the satanic cult, one of the people in the cult shouts, "Get off! Who's that lunatic in here? The city is getting ridiculous. He can't even have a peaceful little satanic mass without someone butting in." Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it's just like it's what well, I don't. Know. It's it's hilarious. I think it's really funny. I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was meant to be funny. That's that's the the sad question. Is I don't know either. You know. Yeah. What I, page? What page is that on? Uh, that's original nine. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So I went past it. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's what I mean. It's like the whole story. The whole issue is like that. Like it's just not well done. No. It. Yeah. It's all a little weird. I. You know. I will say the one thing I do kind of enjoy 
at times in this issue are the panel layouts. Yeah, like, Herb the, Trimpy does that a lot. Yeah, like the wonky, like angled. Yeah, there's some pretty layout. interesting ones. Yeah. Like, I don't think it adds anything to the story that it's telling, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but it's interesting to look at for sure. Well, it goes back to, I remember you asked one or two weeks ago about whether or not they drew the panels first, then decided later. I mean, this is obviously all planned in advance because right. it's so intricate the way it all fits together. For like sure. Puzzle, right. So, yeah, at this point, he's probably just bored. So he's like, you know what? I'm just going to have some fun here. You know, why not? Yeah. I mean, even in, during like some of the mundane stuff where Spider-Man swinging through the city and then it cuts to J. Jonah Jameson mm-hmm. and uh, Parker walks in and is chatting with them. Like it's got uh-huh. it's got like straight panels like square panels but then in the center there's this really like weird triangle it's a right. digital or, uh, original page 11 right i'm on that yeah, it's like yeah. A big triangle yeah and, so yeah, it, like it's, cool. it's it's nothing crazy that changes the story but it's at least interesting and breaks it up enough that mm-hmm. it makes this kind of mundane like normal story point a little bit more interesting sure yeah yeah, so. I mean, again, Herb Trimpey, he's, you know, he's a veteran artist. He, he knows his stuff. It's just that his stuff uh, doesn't always look pretty, right? Right. So, again, kind of an average issue. Actually, I would say this is a below average issue because David Kraft, his writing is just not great. Yeah. Um, so, it's hard. It, I can only recommend it in like a kind of a, an ironic way. Like, you know that it's written sort of for kids or right. just not written well at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so definitely not a great issue and it's about to get even worse because now we're going to talk about spectacular spider-man annual number three with the man wolf do you want to tell everyone what the plot and i say that in quotes what the plot is (laughs) right uh so we see man wolf on the run uh and peter parker spider-man kind of runs into him and uh chases him down and realizes that it's J. Jonah Jameson's son, and uh, he tries to help him out to get rid of the man-wolf and detach the gem from his body. So he contacts his Professor Kurt Connors, and they work together to get that off. That's pretty much the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, Does it, I, I, know what, the, I don't, ahead, I don't yeah. hate the idea of this comic. Mm-hmm. I, think it's, <laughs> I think it's pretty interesting. I, I really love the idea of uh, the villain not knowing or not meaning to be a villain Mm -hmm. and not necessarily having a conflict with a bad guy in this comic Mm -hmm. and having Spider-Man help out a person that's kind of in trouble, uh, fix that problem. Like I I don't need there to be this huge climax or this, you know, big fight where this evil plots happening. It's kind of a nice change of pace, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, I also don't think it was done super well. No, I mean, once again, it's David Anthony Kraft. Right. So, uh, yeah, I I wasn't a big fan of the writing. There's there's little things that really irk me about the way that um I think at one point they say you know I don't I don't know if that is Manuel or it isn't. I think did I imagine that? I thought that was in here somewhere. Maybe it isn't, but yeah, I don't know. Just just little like unnecessarily unnecessary complications with the uh, with the plot. Um. I also I, the whole concept of Man Wolf, where Jay Jonas's Jay Jonah Jameson's son goes out into space and it gets turned into like basically a werewolf. Just the whole I just was never a big fan of yeah. this gun. Um, also, the art again is just 
it's by um, Jim Sherman and Al Wise. I know Al Wise, but I've never, I don't think I've really heard of Jim Sherman. Maybe I have. Mm. But it's just sort of typical. I mean, he's a good artist, but it's not good comic book art. There's not really good cartoon right. here. There's not really great storytelling. So it just looks kind of amateurish. Yeah. You know? I mean, even down to the point of like some of the things that are drawn are just weird choices. Mm-hmm. Like the yeah. layout sometimes is weird. What the characters are doing is really weird. Um. Okay, so at, at the beginning of this comic, mm-hmm. the first splash page, I was kind of interested in what was going to happen. The okay. The description was kind of fun and eerie. It starts mm-hmm. off, first, lightning wounds, this, wounds the dark night sky, rain spills and torrents from the shutter, shuddering clouds. But before anyone can react to the violence of the sudden storm, there's a bone-chilling inhuman howl, like a scream from the bowels of the underworld. Like, it's just so, like, mm-hmm. ca- kind of yeah, cool that's... and creepy. And then the next panel after that is, that's the man-wolf! I yes, remember reading exactly. these stories. And it's just like, are you kidding me? Uh-huh. Like, it's this really ugly <clears throat> close-up of Lance Bannon taking mm-hmm. pictures of Manwolf. And he goes in, the entire page is just him giving Manwolf's backstory. I don't need to know Manwolf's backstory. No, it doesn't help. You, you get enough of that from that, like, fun introduction right at the beginning. You know that... It's a werewolf. You know, everybody knows what a werewolf is. You don't need to, like, over-explain this, right? And it gets... But like, is that reading, just but me? No, no, no. I agree. If you just would have had shots of a creature, you know, menacing people for a few pages, then it, Spider-Man comes in. Right. That's all we need to know. We don't need... Like, let's keep reading here. I remember reading news stories about him. They think he's really human, but in his werewolf state, he's a savage beast who lashes out at everything that gets in his way. It's not like we couldn't just show that, right? Right. If I remember correctly, he's got the strength of 10 men and he's totally uncontrollable. That's, that <laughs> That writing is zero. It, okay? it's, it's garbage. It's so bad. And then going back to the art, on that same page, the last panel is the most ridiculous thing I have ever seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He says something like, I better be careful taking pictures and keep my distance. And then we see him one foot away, snap mm-hmm. like snapping pictures really up close. Like he's leaning into Manwolf. Like mm-hmm. he couldn't get any closer. It's garbage. Yep. And then when my and then yeah. the next panel after that, Manwolf rips the tree. Like, we see him grabbing the tree in that the panel I was just talking about. The next one, he's ripped it out of the ground and he's throwing it. And he's just gone. Like, Lance is gone. Yeah. From the panel. Like, what happened? Yeah. He's not anywhere to be found, but he was just standing yep. right next to him. Point, and I was really confused as to what was happening. I was like, well, oh, is, is he running away? No, that's a different character like th- that person's wearing brown pants and a white shirt like it's i don't know everything yeah. is so weird at the beginning well that's the mean is me obviously this artist can draw but he they must be so inexperienced because it's like you said the choices they're making are just there are no choices He's just drawing whatever yeah there's no continuity like there's one good panel maybe two on on um Original page nine. Okay. There's a there's a great shot of J. Jonah Jameson yelling kind of at the like towards the reader. Right. And that's a re- really good drawing of someone's face. Yeah. 
So obviously the guy knows how to draw. It's just that, again, comic books are all about storytelling and, you know, panel to panel continuity and layout. And he just doesn't have any of that here. Right. You know? I mean, even the the contradiction of, of him screaming right at, you know, right towards the reader. And then two panels yeah. later, he's shocked at what's going yeah. on. Like that, yeah. that change in expression and like his little bit of like a stretched out face, like his face looks mm -hmm. a little bit longer, which I think kind of sure. works because you can feel that like shock, like his whole jaw mm -hmm. and face is just dropped. Yeah. Like it's, uh, yeah, there's really some fun stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, again, there's two artists listed. So maybe this is Alan Wise now because I've definitely heard his name before. So maybe it's him drawing these pages. But yeah, most of this issue is pretty uneven. Yeah. And like you said, J. Jonah Jameson is kind of, it's kind of interesting to see another side of him because he actually cares about his son. Right. But again, it seems slightly out of character. Yeah. And I I think maybe if we saw him be more like his normal self at the beginning, like maybe mm -hmm. Peter Parker is there and he yells at him and like is screaming at him to get out or something like that. And then... After Parker leaves, you kind of see him go into that somber moment. So you know that, like, he is that same J. Jonah Jameson and has that rough exterior, but uh, he is kind of suffering and going through a lot with uh, with his son presumably dead. Right. I know that could have been kind of interesting, but... Yeah, I don't know, this this issue. I, I will say one thing I did like was at the beginning we see... Uh, Peter Parker working with Kurt Connors and that's when he's first introduced and he's got to run away. Sure. That way when he is brought in later on it, uh, you don't have to reintroduce him and it kind of just makes sense. Sure. I do like that. Point. I don't know. I, I'm, try, I'm really grasping at straws here grasping trying to find straws, some yes. good things about this comic because yeah, it was a little bit weak. Mm -hmm. Not great. No. And, and it's funny because you know, these are issues that i might have had at some point but i must have sold them because i don't remember i remember seeing this cover and just never being enticed enough to buy it right you know? yeah so not a great issue i can't recommend it because i know there's better spidey comics out there yeah so i don't recommend this issue yeah neither do i it wasn't super great but i do recommend the next issue yes because this is a very, very special issue of Spidey because this is the first Spider-Man comic I ever bought. Okay? Oh, that's awesome. Yes. So five-year-old Michael gets an issue of Spider-Man that his mother bought him and she wanted to make sure that we knew whose comic this was. So she wrote Mike right on the cover <laughs> and it's still on there and I still have it, but that's okay because it's priceless to me now. Right. And so, yes, so five-year-old Michael buys this or gets this issue of Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, number 58, featuring the Ringer and Spider-Man on the cover. And there's so much I have to say about this because I've read this comic so many times. Right. And I got to say that I'm lucky that this was a good comic because soon after this, I got another Spider-Man comic that was co-written by Denny O'Neill, and it was <laughs> oh, not no. nearly as good. And even as a kid, I could see the difference, okay? so right. Okay, so I'm going to summarize this story because, again, I've read it so many times, I've almost got it memorized. Yeah, please do. Yeah, um, so, so we are introduced to um, 
Spider-Man uh, runs into a guy at the beginning of the issue, and he, we're kind of taken through Spider-Man's supporting cast through that little subplot. Mm -hmm. And then we're introduced to a guy who is... Um, you know what? I'm going to go into... I don't know if I should... You know what? I'll give a quick summary, then I'll go into detail. Okay, basically, yeah. we're introduced to the ringer, and then we're introduced to a character who, on the in the very last page, ends up being um, the Beatle, who I didn't know at the time, but was actually an old Iron Man villain. But because he was in the cartoon, the Spider-Man cartoon, I always thought he was a Spider-Man villain. Oh, but anyway, okay. So I just want to go through this, because there's so many things I want to talk about. So we open up to this first page, which I think... So first of all, I have to point out the creative team is Roger Stern, whom we all love, mm -hmm. and John Byrne, who was one of the most popular artists of the 80s. Um, I was a big fan of his when I was a kid, but I've grown to not like him nearly as much. I'm not sure if you're a fan of John Byrne. Um, I don't know if I have like enough of an opinion to say I like or dislike okay. him. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. So but people, if people are listening to this podcast, they probably know who John Byrne is. Yeah. He's one of the more popular artists of this era. Um, I think this opening splash page is not great because the perspective is wacky, but his perspective is always wacky, to mm -hmm. be honest. But I do like um, the way that Peter Parker is split down the middle and we see Spider-Man on one half and Peter Parker on the other. And, you know, when I was five years old, that didn't make it. What, how can he be? And then I realized, <laughs> oh, it's because it's just a symbol, right? It's just uh, symbolic showing his you know secret identity. Right. Now, I love the fact that on this opening page, we see the shadow of someone coming from around the corner. So we, did you notice that? Oh, yeah. That's really I cool. I love that. Yeah. That's, I mean, John Byrne is known for his good storytelling, and that's an example of his storytelling, how he, he leads you through the story with little things like that. Right. So that is really cool. And then on the next page, you know, and I just, I love Roger Stern's thought bubbles because, you know, we're very quickly, we're, we're, we just dive into his, inner life of his inner thoughts of what's going on with his life and mm -hmm. you know blah 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 we're introduced to this other guy greg salinger okay. so he introduces himself and so it's cool because we get to see a glimpse in detail of you know what exactly so we so in case this is our first issue of spidey like it was for me we find out that spider-man is a teacher a teaching assistant but he's actually uh teaching this class and so it's just kind of cool that we find out that little detail about his yeah. life you know yeah for sure and then I love the fact that on the next page, again, this is classic Marvel because it, this could have been just any building, any warehouse, but no, it is specifically the former um, secret headquarters of the Tinkerer, who we came across a few uh, issues ago, right? Right. Um, in the in the story by uh, Marie Severin. So we have cops who are guarding this house because it used to be occupied by the tinkerer so that's the great way that marvel just drops little things and then picks them up later on you know so it's perfect mm -hmm. so here we have this guy we don't know who he is yet but he's kind of outside the um the house kind of watching through his binoculars and then he figures out a way to sneak in and he's about to go down this um air shaft and I, again i love this little part here where he pulls out this ring and John Byrne actually takes three panels to show exactly how his rings work. Yeah. Of course, it doesn't obey science, but basically <laughs> he shows that he's got a ring, uh, sorry, a metal ring with another metal ring. Or sorry, he, he what does he do here? He pulls out like one ring and then you see it. And then he flicks his wrist and then it becomes two. 
and then three and then five. And it's just such a, again, you know, I've written my own stories before. I've created my own superheroes. I could never think of this superpower if my <laughs> life depended on it. Right. What a cool idea, right? Yeah, it, it's kind of a cool idea. It's also like very goofy and like ridiculous to think about. Yes. But yes. It, I love it and it works. Like it, in this comic, it, it really is a lot of fun. Um, right. He uses them as weapons, but also kind of to like bound uh, his enemies, which is really fun. Right. So yes. yeah, this this uh, was a really cool scene to kind of see him use his powers to break into a building. Right. Right. Creative use of his powers. Yeah. Exactly. So he breaks in and he dons his costume, a pretty straightforward costume, green and orange, with uh, these little rings everywhere to you know ties him with his right. powers. And then I love that page um uh the digital page uh six when he first uses his powers and then he he's shooting all these rings out i love that shot yeah it's just such a cool shot and i also love again this is my first spider-man comic possibly my third comic that i ever bought and he says out loud the ringer is back in action and then we have a little note from the editor remember him from defenders 51 so of course, you know, five years old, five year old Mike. It's like, oh, so this guy's been around before, and he was in a comic book called The Defenders. What's The Defenders? Right now, I want to find out. Right, that's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, and, but then it's funny because right away after saying out loud, "The Ringer is back in action," he already starts to doubt himself. You notice that in the yeah. next panel, he's like, "Oh, who am I kidding? I'm not out for a life of crime." So right away we get kind of a nuance to his character he's he's a super villain but he's hesitant he's not confident right yeah he's, it he makes him a little bit more endearing right he feels, exactly. he feels a little bit more real and he's not exactly. this mustache twirling villain that's doing it to be evil ah, i'm gonna exactly. you know destroy the world he he's doing it to kind of make ends meet and to survive so it's pretty exactly. cool yeah and then, funny, you should mention mustache, mustache twirling villain because <laughs> in the next scene, a guy bursts through, smashes through the wind, uh, through the wall, and uh, starts, you know, kind of shouting at him. The ringer tries to stop him with one of his rings. Now, this is really cool because again, um, they actually, they actually talk in this scene about how his. Um, power works he says my particulate matter condensers are forming rings right out of the soot and smog in the air again who the hell could ever think of that right. power so cool right but in the next panel when he shoots one and it goes around the guy the guy says that's quite a weapon system you have but i'm afraid it won't do you any good these rings are very interesting condensed particulate matter how the fuck did he know that <laughs> anyway aren't they and with a tensile strength approaching that of steel but then he ends up breaking out of them anyway mm -hmm. and i love the way that ringer gets so scared right yeah and he no like, get back keep away yeah it's great and then and then the bad guy who we don't know who he is yet but it's um it's the beetle but he ends, ends up knocking him out and then i love this scene where he picks up the crate with one hand and picks up the ringer with the other and just then just walks, walks out of the yeah. wall Oh, so cool, right? Yeah, really awesome. Yep. So then um so then we get now again, I read this scene a million times when I was a kid, but I finally know what they were talking about. This is the repercussions of the scene uh I think it was last issue where the one guy played a practical joke on the girl, right? right. Remember he ended up pulling her wig off. So it's like I finally know how it all fits together, right? Cuz I'd never read that story. So it's just so cool because, again, coming in the middle of this, guess what, Marvel and DC? You don't need to reboot every year. You can just keep the story right. going forever, and us kids will figure it out, right? And you know what I really love about this? 
too is uh, it feels like Roger Stern once again fixing Denny O'Neill's mistakes. <laughs> Yeah, because I don't remember. Was that in a Roger Stern story? I think no. It, it, no I, I'm almost positive it was Denny O'Neill because Denny O'Neill loves treating characters awfully. No, you know what? It says last issue, and it means the oh, last issue is spectacular. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Yes. So it was uh, because it was I because in that story, because Roger Stern is usually the one that focuses on the the cast at the the college. And so Deborah Whitman is in that group. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. So, so yeah, I don't know. So, you know, so he wasn't, uh, yeah, he wasn't fixing Denny O'Neill, but, um, it, but I think that having Deborah Whitman in there, he usually comments on the way that she's been treated by Denny, by Peter in the Denny O'Neill story. Right. So, but anyway, so yeah, I love that scene. And then. Again, this is, you know, my first Spider-Man comic and oh, look at that. No Mary Jane, no Betty Brant, right. no Liz Allen. It's this other girl, Deborah Whitman, right? But I was fine with that, right? Because it was my first uh, Spider-Man comic, so it made no difference to me. I love this next scene where the ringer wakes up and he's locked, he's tied up in this chair and uh, the beetle. Now, again, we don't know this is the beetle yet because he's all in shadow and he's wearing his new costume. So it's just a guy in shadow. Very dramatic, mm -hmm. right? But I love this little bit of dialogue where he says, to, he basically explains to him that he's put another ring around the ringer's waist and that if he tries to break out of it, the beetle can uh, detonate it and kill him. And so then the ringer says, no, you're bluffing. And the beetle says, am I? Then why am I standing in the safety of this protective booth? Ask yourself that. And then <laughs> ask yourself if you can afford to take the chance. I just always love that little bit. Yeah, you know? that's very really like evil and like... Uh, really cool too like that's yeah that's, that's a really cool villain thing to do just practical yeah, yeah just like realistic right so then we get back to peter parker and he's excited about his date with deborah whitman but then as he's on his way he runs into the ringer so the ringer has to fight spider-man because the beetle is forcing him to, right. right and then so right away they start fighting and i love the fact that he the ringer brings up that the dental work that he had to get in the last fight he had. <laughs> right. I thought that was such, again, such a weird, realistic Marvel touch. Right. That, you know, that they would do for their their heroes and their villains. You know, like once in a while, Spider-Man will have a cold or whatever. And it interferes with his ability to fight. But I just love the fact that it, 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 throughout the fight, he'll be he'll get punched and I'll be like, oh, you, my teeth. Right. You blasted Wiseacre. It's not bad enough. You got to make fun of me. No, you got to go and loosen every cap and filling I have. It's just it's great. It's so good. You know? It really does right. make the all the characters seem so real when they do stuff like this. Exactly. I mean, they they've done this before too with uh with I mean Peter Parker bleaching his costume and then it turns like that really right. like weird pastel color so he's got to swing around in these like pink and pastel blue spider-man costumes and like yeah I, w when they do stuff like that or i mean even peter parker in general really feels like like through and through a marvel character he has so many problems in his personal life and his superhero right. life it's not all like trumpets and you know saving the girl and right 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 it's totally different the the right. yeah and that's why he's so great yeah so so now so peter parker again classic you know marvel plotting so now peter parker he has to leave the fight because he's got to be on his on time for his date with deborah right. and he is on time for once right so they basically chat he apologizes and 
again, I think this is like you said, this is kind of like Roger Stern explaining Denny O'Neill's weird personality inconsistencies right. with, with Peter. And so basically, they had a misunderstanding. They're going to be friends, whatever. Everything's cool. So then he actually, they want to continue the date, but he says to her, uh, I've got an errand to run. But it's only going to take me like a half hour, so he's going to go back and fight the ringer again. Right. So then, he, so then, so he's like, "Yeah, meet me in half hour." He goes back and he fights the ringer again, which I thought was kind of funny. So again, you got a superhero comic with fisticuffs, but the but the the fist fight is not just pointless. It actually has a like the fact that the ringer wants to fight Spider Man, but Spider Man doesn't want to fight him. It adds another dimension to it, right? Right. So there's a conflict in their motivations, and it makes it kind of funny because uh, the ringer is so outmatched. So I, I think it makes it really cool. Yeah, and then I, uh, I really, sorry, go ahead. I, yeah. I really like, I really like that aspect of it. Um, mm-hmm. I also think that the ringer, his like ability, while is kind of lame and goofy, I think it's visually pretty cool. Like sure. it, sure, it, it yeah. makes for a lot of really fun panels with Spider-Man kind of like literally jumping through hoops to get right, to right. get to the ringer. Like on digital page twenty-one, you see uh, Spider-Man. It would be a normal panel. Uh, he's just jumping towards the ringer, but sure. he's got all of these like loops around him, and he's kind of yes. reaching through them. And even earlier on, uh, page uh, digital fifteen. He's okay. swinging in the city. Actually, I think this is the cover of the uh, of this issue. It's almost the same. Yeah. Yes, it's almost the same. So it's just, I mean, exactly. and then it's a few exactly pages after that, like he, he's still kind of jumping through them, and there's these like shapes kind of swinging by him and flying around in the sky, and he's jumping through uh-huh. them and fighting him. Yeah, it's it's really visually stunning too. Mm-hmm. And I love the kind of classic, almost like. Superman ending when you know we cut to the cop station and then uh, the ringer is just tied up ready for them to take him in and he's like you know lock me up I confess to everything just right. because he's so upset about his uh... and then he's like oh <laughs> can you call a dentist a good one you know so, just a funny little flourish right. to throw in there I also like the the art on this page this is digital 22 like the explosion at the top left like the use of shadows there yeah. the colors and then Spider-Man and the ringer swinging over the city I think that's really well done too yeah for sure and then we have this awesome last page where first we wrap up the subplot with him and Deborah, so they're gonna have their little date, and then we see this mysterious guy putting on this armor, and then it's revealed that it's the Beetle. And as a kid, I didn't understand why there was that other helmet there on the table, right. but that's because that's the that's Beetle's original costume. That's his old costume, costume right. right? I just didn't, I didn't know anything about him. So yeah, and I, I really love uh, like cliffhangers. Sure. Like when they hint at a new villain or like the secret bad guy behind everything. I think that's always really fun to have that stinger at the end. So this one right. was really fun to, to show that a villain was coming back. Right. So so uh, I got a couple questions for you because sure. obviously this is your first time reading it. So if this was your first time reading Spider-Man, I mean, it's kind of hard to imagine yourself as a five-year-old. Right. But do you think this would have sucked you in the way it did me? Oh, I think so. For sure. I mean, it has everything that Spider-Man comic should have. Right. He has those everyday troubles. Uh, He's balancing his superhero life with his personal life and his work life. 
Uh, I the the idea that Spider-Man has to fight a villain, stop the fight to go on a date, and then right. before finishing the date, he goes and you know finishes off that fight is so right. it's just so Spider-Man. Like I love that exactly. back and forth. Uh, the yep. art is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, even down to the, there's a moment in this issue where they're watching a documentary about Spider-Man and it kind of goes right. through and shows a bunch of different like villains. I think he's fighting Green Goblin and maybe somebody else. Uh, and he's swinging right. through the I, city and kind of does, they do like a brief description of Spider-Man. It's really exactly. fun and he feels a part of that world. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is, is a very, very good issue. Yeah, and you know, it's kind of like my friend Marshall always uses the analogy that, you know, the reason that people like blockbuster movies is the same reason they like McDonald's is because they don't know gourmet meals, right? Now, I'm not going to say that this is a gourmet meal, but if you've never had a hamburger and then you eat one for the first time and it's got the ketchup and it's got the onions and the pickle and the meat and maybe it's got the cheese, if you've never had one before, then at least... You, this t- this tastes good, and you want more. Yeah, you might find one that's better down the road, but this is still a hamburger, right? Right. I I definitely wouldn't think that this is like the gourmet meal of comics, but it feels no. like a home cooked meal. Yeah, there you go. It feels like like your grandma cooked this up for you. Like it it's just exactly. so satisfying and warm and and familiar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yes. that's I think the the best way I could describe it. And then one last question, because mm-hmm. you said you're unfamiliar with John Byrne, can you, in your estimation, could you, because I'll tell you right now, this is September 1981, uh, John Byrne at this point was becoming a superstar. Um, okay. And I want to ask you, do, like, do you see it? Do you see, based on this art, that he was on his way to becoming the most popular artist at Marvel? You well, know, already I, was. I think I can. Uh the okay. the art feels very classic. I mean, even when I look at at Peter Parker in this uh, these mm-hmm. issues or these panels, um, sorry, uh, it feels like Peter Parker. Like sure. if I if you just showed me uh, one panel of just Peter Parker, I I think I would know that that's Peter Parker. As weird as sure. that sounds, like it, it feels very definitive. Um, even down to there's there's one panel of Spider-Man. It's on page a uh, digital fourteen, at the top okay. middle. He's just putting on the Spider-Man mask, but it yes. it looks so much like Spider-Man. Like I don't know how to describe it. It's such a great yep. uh, drawing. It's very very mm-hmm. good. I, I think that his panel layouts are really fun. You can follow the action. Uh, he has some interesting things too, like with the shadow, like you were saying at the beginning, like. Sure. foreshadowing that that he's going to get bumped into uh the cool gimmicks with the ringer kind of having these cool effects flying around spider-man i could definitely see that in these sure. uh in, in this issue for sure and you know for me i've i've, I've had mixed feelings about john Byrne over the years and i've said some nasty things about his later art because his okay. later art is not nearly as good as this but i think the the appeal that i see of this early stuff is that it to me there's two things it reminds me of um steve ditko's art Mm -hmm. um and also dc art of the 60s like kurt swan where the art is very um 
I don't want to say undynamic, but it's not like Jack Kirby where things are exploding out of the panels. It's very straightforward, almost like Jim Mooney. We talk about okay, Jim Mooney yeah. a lot, right? And so it's almost like I, I can see that he was popular, but I'm surprised he was as popular as he was because he's not really someone who I would think of as being like a superstar like Frank Miller or Neil Adams or someone like mm-hmm. that. So I definitely look at this art and it's like, again, he reminds me of someone like, say, George Perez, who not the most accurate or... Uh, technically perfect artist but he knows exactly how to draw a comic book and he knows how to lay out the pages and how to tell the story and like you know you said he even knows how to use shadow he's got a decent sense of design Mm -hmm. and so it's almost like maybe he could never be a fine artist but he definitely knows how to do a comic book for sure so anyway yes highly recommended issue um i think i lucked out with this being my first ever issue, I, I was going to say that too. Yeah, you really lucked out with, with reading a first, like a really good first one. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I'm grateful for that. So, like Jim Shooter said, you know, every comic book is someone's first comic book, and so thank Christ it was not the Man Wolf <laughs> story because I might never have bought another one. Right. But anyway, okay, so that wraps up this month's. Uh, well, this week's edition of Here Comes the Spider Cast. So we just covered September 1981. So next week it'll be, what comes after September again? October, October 1981. <laughs> there you go. So you can take it from here, Josh. Right. Uh, so uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, we want to know what you guys think about the <laughs> episode. It sounded, your voice cracked there. You sounded so pathetic. Come, we want to hear from come you guys. On, guys. We want to hear from you. <laughs> We have had at least two comments, okay? okay that's it's only perfect. taken 16 weeks, we've had two comments. <laughs> um, but yeah, we want to hear from you guys. We want to know what you guys think about our episode and our podcast, but we also want to know what you guys think about the issues that we're talking about. So uh, we'd like you to reach out to us at the Comic Book Syndicate on Facebook and at Comic Syndicate on Twitter. Uh, you can tweet at us or comment on any of our posts and uh let us know what you think about us in the podcast and the issues that we're reading. Um, yeah. All right. So until next Monday, this has been, here comes the spider cat. All right. See you then.